It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm Ken Rayner, and I'm your host for this podcast on occupational health. My guest joining me today is Jasmine Kelsey, IHSA's occupational hygienist. Welcome, Jasmine. Great to have you here. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Jasmine, would you would you share some information about your background with our listeners, in, including your work as an occupational hygienist? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll just start off with my educational background, and then I'll follow up with my uh, work history. So I have a bachelor's of science with a major in chemistry from Simon Fraser University. Following that, I obtained my master's in occupational and environmental hygiene from the University of British Columbia. Uh, after I finished my master's, I joined the Manufacturing Safety Alliance of BC in the role of an occupational hygienist. So I was there for about four, four and a half years. My role mainly revolved around working with manufacturing clients, um, working on air quality testing, noise evaluations, risk assessments, fit testing, and just working with clients in general on developing their OHS programs to help them achieve core. Uh, after that, I moved to Ontario. I joined uh, Unity Health Toronto. So I was actually at the St. Michael's Hospital in downtown Toronto in the role of occupational hygienist. Following that role, I joined IHSA in May of this year in the role of occupational hygienist working under uh, stakeholder relations. So in terms of designation, I currently hold my ROH. Um, this stands for the Registered Occupational Hygienist under the CRBOH, um, and this stands for the Canadian Registration Board of Occupational Hygienists. Okay, so we have definitely invited the right person here today to talk about occupational health. Um, and Jasmine, what I'm interested in is, you know, we've been overloaded in the past, you know, two and a half years with news and information about COVID-19. And I almost feel like during that time that other hazards that make up occupational health have maybe been forgotten or overlooked. So, you know, could you, can you provide our listeners with an introduction or maybe even like better said, a reintroduction to uh, what, what is occupational health and what do we mean by yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. So occupational health in the simplest way, it just relates to a worker's health and general well-being. So in the grand scheme of things, this can be in context of physical health or mental health at work. So when we consider a worker's health, this is when we start thinking about potential occupational diseases. So this means like, okay, a worker who is at work can be exposed to anything which can negatively affect their health. So under OC Health, and when we think about occupational diseases, this is where we start thinking about biological hazards, chemical hazards, and even physical hazards. So this can be something like maybe a worker is lifting too heavy, which can cause them back pain. Or maybe they're working with a chemical, which is causing them to develop a cough. Or maybe a worker is just hammering away and not realizing the hazard of the loud impact noises. So all of this would fall under the realm of occupational health. Okay, very helpful. Thank you. Um, so we've had a, we've had a, a numerous podcasts that we've done on mental health with Kathy Martin. Um, and you know, in the same context, you know, we have a lot of our listeners that are very well versed and very experienced in addressing safety hazards, driving falls from heights, um, electrical hazards, but you know, had maybe weren't as, um, well versed in addressing mental health hazards. Now I'm believing that may be the same with recognizing occupational hazards in in workplaces today in the same way. So maybe what tips do you have for an employer or supervisor who's listening to this podcast and wants to become more knowledgeable on how to recognize and address occupational hazards in their workplace? Yeah, for sure. 
So in terms of the experience of addressing safety hazards and then just saying that, okay, there probably there is not a lot of exposure in recognizing occupational hazards. And this would be to an extent, yes. And I could consider it due to the fact that agents that cause diseases, we typically don't see them. We physically can't see them with the naked eye. Or sometimes the effects we do experience, we experience them few years later. It could be 10, 15 years later. So for example, one of the highest uh, occupational disease fatalities within the three sectors that we represent is mesothelioma. And we all know this comes from asbestos fiber exposure. So one thing that came out in the last three years was the importance and recognition of OCK health at work. So in terms of like tips um, for employers, um, whoever is listening to this podcast. So in the end, the theory and concept around occupational hygiene and just between different hazards is, is relatively based on the same key principles. So I would ask employers uh, to educate themselves on carrying out hazard assessments. So you want to identify those hazards, what your workers are possibly can be exposed to. So we want to look into the severity of exposure or the likelihood of exposure and rate the potential outcomes. And then from there, you prioritize what needs your attention first. So to address biological or chemical hazards, you want to know the types of products you have in the workplace. Um, Usually you would read the safety data sheet. And typically what we usually see is we see a big binder, but when we ask the employer or any representative, it's like what's in the binder for the safety data sheets, um, they're not able to answer what's actually in there. So the safety data sheet is a very important piece of document, and it will actually tell you exactly what you're dealing with. Um, There are certain sections in there that will specify the material composition. So what does the product, what type of chemicals does the product make up? And within it also specifies recommended practices or even recommended PPE to prevent any exposures, or even like the safe handling for those particular chemicals. And then we have the physical hazards. So um, a common one is noise. So for example, to identify even if there is a risk um, and even just to get a preliminary idea, uh, you can download a noise measuring app on your phone. And from there, you can just see how loud certain tools are when they're in use um, using the app itself. I should caution, like the app doesn't replicate the, um, the actual devices we use to measure noise, but you can get an idea if there is a risk of exposure to loud noises. Um, just keep that in mind. They're not too accurate as well. So um, again, if there's anything you're not familiar with, um, I would also suggest to just research it online. There are abundance of resources. Some tools that employers may find helpful, um, this includes the Pocket Guide to Chemical Hazards. So this is a tool I frequently use. It's developed by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, um, it's known as NIOSH. Uh, I use this tool a lot when I research particular chemicals or when I'm trying to learn more about them. So it gives you information on potential exposure routes. Um, It'll give you an idea on the symptoms of exposure. In some cases, it even gives you an idea on the type of respiratory protection which is recommended for that particular chemical. Another resource is the Canadian Centre for Occupational Health and Safety. This is CCOHS. Uh, They have a lot of valuable resources and they categorize them on their website as chemical, physical, or biological. They also have an ergonomic section as well. And lastly, we have our website, which is ihsa.ca. We have plenty of resources. Uh, We have magazine articles on various OCK health topics. We have safety talks. Uh, We also have our construction health and safety manual, which covers common OCK health topics quite in depth. Great. 
that's that's um, those are great websites to to leverage, and we'll definitely have those links on the uh, the podcast site. Um, so now we've you've given some guidance on where to find information on how to address hazards. How about uh, an employer who wants to more confidently now now they've they they have a, a an understanding of what hazards are prevalent in their workplace, how do they now more confidently address those biological, physical, and chemical hazards, Jasmine? Yeah, for sure. So to confidently address like biological, physical, or even a chemical hazard, and we want to make sure they're taken care of, I would first suggest covering the points I mentioned before. So doing the risk assessment. And after that, you use the hierarchy of controls to determine if your controls are even effective for the identified hazards. So with the COVID-19 pandemic, another thing that came out was there was more awareness generated around the hierarchy of controls. So the hierarchy of controls is pretty much a thought process for implementing controls in the workplace. And this applies to any type of hazard, whether it be a chemical, physical or biological. So you start off with the question, um, are you able to eliminate the hazard or substitute the hazard for something that would cause less harm? So um, that would be your first option in controlling the hazard. And sometimes this is not practical. Sometimes we're using certain products. We just have to use it. There's no replacement out there on the market. So the next question would be to ask, ask yourself, are you able to modify or design something which would reduce the exposure at the source? So this would be considered as an engineering control. So a good example, um, which you may be familiar with, would be having like local exhaust ventilation for welding fumes. So if engineering controls is not an option, the next one would be administrative controls. So administrative controls is pretty much changing the way work is done. For example, um, we can look into reducing a worker's exposure time by a shift rotation or introducing uh, work practices like having safe work procedures or sending those workers out for further training or education. And lastly, we have in the hierarchy, we have our personal protective equipment. So this is we are very familiar with. Um, this involves placing equipment on workers to reduce exposure. Um, for the COVID-19 pandemic, it was masks, um, but other PPE also includes like safety glasses, gloves and respirators. So this would be a very like a quick high-level summary on the hierarchy of controls. So again, this principle can be applied to any particular hazard. The idea is it would be best to control at the source. So we would focus in on elimination, substitution, or engineering. But if not, you can work your way through the hierarchy or even sometimes even implement a combination of all aspects of the hierarchy for each category as, as a control method. And just one last point I should mention, it's important to reevaluate the hazard even after controls are implemented. And the reason why I say this is that sometimes, even with the best intention, we implement controls, and but when they're practically put into place, they don't work for the task or sometimes they don't work for the worker. So it's a good idea to reevaluate your controls, look at the hazard regularly. So we're always in that constant state of improvement. Thank you very much for that uh, very concise explanation on the hierarchy of controls. That's terrific, Jasmine. Now, Jasmine, you know, much like we do with um, physical hazards and mental health hazards, you know, we use safety talks, which is one of our most popular downloads from our website um, to help promote um, information and how to address certain 
uh, certain topics or certain hazards. And you're, you've recently done this with 10 new safety talks on occupational health. So maybe you could let the, let the listeners know what those 10 safety talks are about and maybe pick three to share with our listeners some high level and note why each one's important. Um, and we'll make sure that the safety talks are available via links on the, on the webpage. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, as you mentioned again, we do have a lot underway for occupational health. Um, the safety talks are in development are, and they are in the process of putting being put up on our website. So I'll just start off with listing off the titles for our listeners so they have something to reference. So we have safety talks um, that will be available on our website on asbestos tool cleanup, uh, asbestos type 3 operations, a safety talk on respiratory sensitizers, um, a talk on hydrogen sulfide, the hantavirus, uh, isocyanates, uh, diesel exhaust, insect bites, monkeypox, as well as just a generic one on uh, infectious diseases. So in terms of the top three I'll talk about, I'll start off with the asbestos type three operations. So originally on our website, we had safety talks on asbestos type one and type two operations. Uh, type three operations was the one that was remaining. So we developed a safety talk to address specific controls for this particular type of operation, as controls do vary between the three different types. So as I mentioned before, um, we developed this one um, because asbestos-related diseases make up quite a few fatalities under our sectors. Uh, another one would be diesel exhaust. So regardless of what sector you are in, whether it be transportation, construction, or utilities, workers at some point are working with equipment which produces diesel exhaust. So I should mention that diesel exhaust is considered as a carcinogen. So what that means is it causes cancer. It's a cancer-causing agent towards humans. So it increases your risk of developing lung cancer. So we developed a safety talk to highlight the risks around it, as well as some controls and practices um, a worker, supervisor, employer can consider within the workplace. Uh, lastly, we have our safety talk on respiratory sensitizers. So sensitizers are those agents which can cause an allergic reaction upon repeated exposure. Um, sometimes they're referred to as like occupational asthma. So within our sectors, workers can be working with isocyanates, which is considered a sensitizer, or mineral oils such as lubricants, uh, certain wood dust, as well as rosin flux. So these are common sensitizers. Um, I know there's not a lot of awareness around um, the respiratory sensitizers. So we developed this safety talks just to create awareness on these types of agents as well as related controls. Wow, that's a lot for me to, uh, those are all, a lot of that's new to me, uh, Jasmine. So thank you so much. I'll look forward to diving into those safety talks and, and learning a little bit more about each one of those. Um, and we'll have those ready when uh, on the uh, IHSA safety podcast. So thank you so much for joining us today and talking about occupational health. I've learned a lot. I know our, our listeners will as well. It's been great having you here. Thank you, Jasmine. All right. Thanks for having me, Ken. Great. And thank you for listening to the IHSA safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us on IHSA.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to IHSAsafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.
Each year, about 5,000 IHSA supervisor logbooks are ordered for supervisors across Ontario. Why is the logbook so popular? Because it was developed by the industry for the industry. That's what makes it unique. IHSA thanks the members of the Labor Management Network and Advisory Councils who contributed their knowledge, experience, and time to the preparation of this supervisor logbook. Contact IHSA at 1-800-263-5024. That's 1-800-263-5024. Or visit IHSA.ca. That's IHSA.ca.